Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another version of Bill Roden on Sports here in an undisclosed location in Midtown Manhattan with my good friend and cohort and co-host, the great Jamal Murphy. Murph. What up, Bill? It's all good, man. Here we have, is this two weeks? Have we done this? Is this two weeks in a row? Uh, no. We were actually, two, we took last week off. Well, we had to because it was like a holiday. Yeah, right? something, something was going on. But it's, it's, it's two weeks in a row you're in the studio. How about that? Okay, that's good. We'll take that. Mm-hmm. And here with a special guest, somebody I've known for quite a while. Actually, we were just kind of reminiscing about how our paths have crossed. Um, here with the great Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. Uh, Scoop? What's happening? But, but what do we call you? Now, how, is it like Brandon Scoop? B. Robinson, or we call you Scoop B, or, Ro- you know. Got to break it down. Listen, yeah, you, you tell us what, you know. First of all, it's an honor to be here. Uh, you, you can call me everything but late <laughs> for dinner. I don't like to miss meals, as you can tell. Uh, <laughs> but Scoop, Scoop B, Brandon, they're interchangeable. Right, I, right. They, they all identify to myself. Thank and, you, Aaron. Uh, we got some water over here. Thank I you, like thank it. you. Thank the you, great man. Aaron Matthewson. Thank you, Aaron. One of the most versatile people. I like it in the universe. Swiss Army knife. She records. Yeah. She 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 makes sure our yeah. levels and mics are right. But is it? But because you you you're you're the host of the Scoop B Radio. Of, you're the host of Scoop B Radio. Yes. And you also write for B Ball Society. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't answer the question of what's your signature. What do you? How do you like to be called? Brandon Scoop. It's interchangeable. Whatever mm. you feel comfortable with. I, we we are brothers here, man. We we I, I'm not I'm not that stuck on myself. The work, the body of work. If you Google mm. Brandon Scoopy Robinson or Brandon Robinson, it's all there. Where'd you, where'd you get the the nickname from? So uh, my journey actually began at 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a radio show with the Nets called uh, Net Slam and Planet, mm-hmm. and I co-hosted mm-hmm. it with Albert King, a former Net. Oh wow. Uh, oh, wow. And Evan Roberts, who's at uh, WFAN. When he, we were both oh, yeah. kids, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, we had a show called Net Slam and Planet. Chris Carino produced the show along with Amy Shear. And uh, mm-hmm. I used to be in the locker room interviewing a lot of players. This was like 97, 98. As a 12-year-old. As a 12-year-old. So mm-hmm. I'd be in the locker room during the week. Who, who, that, that's when they were over in the Swampland. In, right? in East Rutherford, New Jersey. <laughs> God. Well, that, that has to be one of the most depressing places to, yeah. to do. Well, you back know. then it was probably okay. And that was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> the visitors' locker room was trash. Mm. Like I, I wrote a story one time. We, you know, we our our paths actually cross uh, deeper than that. Obviously, my mom and my dad and another family being Morgan State alum. Mm. But um, in addition to that, uh, at CBS, and you know, one of the things that I, I when I was at CBS at CBS local, I wrote a story about um, the Nets visitors' locker room. It was a hockey locker room. Yes, and it used to have this squeaky door. Like when you open it and close it, it just went. <laughs> And I wrote a feature story on Steve Smith uh, mm. over at, at Turner now. He's a member of the Atlanta Hawks. And that squeaky door, I wrote that it needed WD-40 like crazy. <laughs> and they still gave you credentials? Oh, they, they did. But that was the cool thing back then because that, that, that Nets era from 97, 98, there was so much open space to just be creative and do what you wanted to do. And right, right. That, that, you know, I used to see, you know, Chris Broussard when he was covering the Knicks yes. and the Nets for the time. I used to see Stephen A. Smith with the, yeah. the Inquirer That's right. covering yeah. the Sixers. That's right. And, uh, People don't realize that that... All those guys like Stephen A., even Jamel, everybody started in print. Right. You know, there was not, nobody just started no. at TV. Everybody was doing print. Yeah. And I think that's something that particularly young people, 
uh, my age and a little younger, they want to get on TV and debate. Yes, I know. And, and scream and, you know. I, I are pass. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are, you, are you from Jersey? I split time. I'm a mutt. Mm-hmm. Uh, my... my Mom is from Harlem. My dad is from uh, Jersey City, New Jersey. Okay. And so they divorced when I was three. Mm-hmm. Split mm-hmm. time between both. Uh, and mm-hmm. my family actually ran a successful business in Harlem on 125th Street uh, mm-hmm. called Men's Walkers as mm-hmm. well as uh, Athlete's Foot. And uh, so my grandfather moved to, from Florida to New York and started a life. And being around sports and being around athletes at a young age is, is what really powered my interest into wanting mm-hmm. to become a sports journalist. It gave me practice. Mm-hmm. I used to see the Wayans brothers, Mike Tyson, Dizzy Gillespie, you know, all those people. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I lived the life of, um, what's that Spike Lee movie, Do the Right Thing, when they had right. the poster in the pizza store? Right, right, right. right, right. You know, that, the sports debate was always a thing. Mm. How, how do you, um, well, two things. How, how can people listen to you, uh, listen, listen to uh, uh, the Scoop B uh, Radio? Where, where can we find it? Because you said you had a lot of downloads. I mean, you've had... Yeah, we had two million, two million downloads last year, mm-hmm. uh, Scoop B Radio. Uh, can be downloaded on Spotify, Apple mm-hmm. Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn App, Stitcher App. Uh, simply visit ScoopyRadio.com. We've had anybody from uh, DJ Khaled to uh, Jamal Crawford uh, to uh, just a myriad of people this week. Next week, we'll actually have uh, Gary Vitti, the famed trainer for the Los Angeles Lakers, 32-year vet. Uh, he'll be ap- appearing on Scoopy Radio next week. So, I mean, it's an eclectic mix of sports, entertainment, lifestyle. Last I checked it, as of July, 1.5 million downloads. Mm. All independently produced, by the way. Mm-hmm. Wow, man, that's great. So you do your own editing? and Yeah, I have a team. Uh, my guy DJ Maniel is the producer of the show. And the funny thing is, the show actually was an idea based upon um, my childhood. I had a Timberland box full of old tapes from my radio show as a kid. Mm. We digitized them. So I have stuff from like... You cassette tapes? Yes. Wow, yeah. Yes. I'm not your typical young guy I, I, in the sense of uh, I'm a throwback to your your generation and me and this guy right here are within the same generation. But mm-hmm. I, you have to you have to, 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 to respect the past in order to to, mm-hmm. to progress the future. So to mm-hmm. have those tapes, you know, the sneaker box to me is like a, a, a tribute to, you know, people having toothbrushes in their sneaker box and, and cleaning their sneakers. But All I had right. interviews with the Kimbe Mutombo, mm-hmm. uh, B.J. Armstrong, Scott Burrell. And we digitized oh, yeah. that stuff. And then. You know, Scoopy Radio just began to get more popular, and 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 I, you know, added more newer interviews. So, what, so you use the, you use the the um, interviews that you've done cassette, and then you just basically put them on MP3 or or, or whatever. Yeah, that's how we started. Oh, that's actually a great idea. Yeah, because you know, because you've been around and you've been around longer than a lot of guys. Your age. If I could ask, do you? How old? Thirty-three. Oh, wow, you're a young guy. Yeah, man, you may be the youngest person in this building. Wow. <laughs> You're even younger than Jamal. Oh, yeah. Of course. Wow. Yeah. So, and so, yeah, I mean, so when you talk about cassette tapes and that kind of stuff, I mean, that's, you know, that's no. But but I I, I just saw this Tascam. I saw this um, Tascam come out with this uh, machine that when you came here at the studio, you saved me from, I was about to hit the buy button. You know? <laughs> but what it does is that it it's, it's a combination cassette, digi- cassette recorder, but you, but you could do go go from cassette to CD to NPR. So what they're saying is that you could take all your cassette tapes, continue to tape stuff, but then uh, digitize digitize your cassettes. Mm-hmm. Digi- so I guess they must realize that because I've got I got boxes and boxes and boxes <laughs> of 
cassette, you know, of, of, sure. of interviews for, for decades. Yeah. So this is very encouraging, man. This is like, yeah. not saying this is worth the price of admission, but that was like, a, I mean, that's a great, that's, that, that's actually a great thing. No, nah, man, you, you, your, your uh, body of work speaks mm-hmm. for itself. I mean, when, when you look at the body of work that you've done, mm-hmm. uh, I, I look at guys like when I was in grad school, I, I did a feature story on the late Les Payne. Mm. Uh, when I was wow. in grad school, like I had a teacher, I went to Hofstra for grad school, and mm-hmm. one of the biggest assignments that I had early on was, you know, locating somebody. So they, this professor told me to locate less pain. So I was like calling Newsday, I was calling old places in Harlem, call like all over the place, and I found them when we sat down and, and I tracked them down. We had we had dinner at Londell's. Oh yes, mm-hmm. and yes. Um, yeah, yeah. and what happened was uh, that that feel. I feel like. I can relate because I feel like a lot of NBA players, for example, who were in the 90s, they missed that social media wave, and they're trying to rebuild it now. And what, so, what do you mean? What do you mean? I feel like there's certain rappers or certain ball players who um, maybe in the 90s, like, and I use this for example, not to be smirch or mm. somebody like I grew up watching, you know, uh, a Derek Coleman or a Kenny Anderson or yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or or Sean Kemp. Mm. They didn't benefit from social media like someone like Damian Lillard or or other people. Now even somebody like Jason Kidd, he right. he, he latched on because he coached and because he you know he played through 2013, right. 2014. So I feel like certain. Personalities didn't have the chance to enjoy um, the, the their fruits of their labor from mm. when everybody just knew who they were from newspaper clippings, etc. So for me, I used to tell people, yeah, I used to have a radio show with the Nets when I was a kid. I, I have I was featuring NBA inside stuff when I was a kid, but now I can go back and and graph my story and mm. tell people, and this is like new to a whole new audience. You know, my baby, I, I always check it. My baby sister's 22. Mm. When my mom and I went into the to the Nets headquarters to be interviewed. Um, she was pushing my, my mom was pushing my sister in her stroller. She just wow. graduated from college. Oh, wow. So my sister has always been the line of demarcation to, yo, like she's grown with me as I've grown. Mm-hmm. Now she's transcribing my interviews for Scoopy Radio. Uh, I see that's I get it. <laughs> <laughs> ideas, ideas. I, I know. Who else can we can exploit? <laughs> who, who could I exploit on this? <laughs> man, this? This guy man, Brandon, man. <laughs> whole, you know, let me ask you a question. Are there one of my one of my peeves about our industry is just how segregated it is, not okay. not on the court, and one of the things you know the court is clearly you know you see all you know the black folks run up and down, mm-hmm. you've seen and, and but I'm wondering because we're separated by a couple of generations, almost three generations, but are there more young African Americans doing what we do as you go through? Uh, the, the you know the garden as you go through MetLife as you go through all the do you see more young black folks your age um, or as many or as less I mean what's what do you see or do you, or do you even pay attention to no it? I do I mean I I think for me personally um, my perspective on life I lived on both sides of the tracks mm. and so you know I was well what's that Tell well me the size. I, I, my, <laughs> I've li- I've gone to prep school oh, where, okay. where I was where I was one of four African Americans in my graduating class. Mm. I went to Don Bosco Prep, mm. known football school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've gone, uh, you know, my family running successful business in Harlem. I went to predominantly black church, mm-hmm. um, and you know, my mom is considered the way she grew up one way. My father, the way he grew up, was another way. So you get the you think you better than I am or I'm not. Um, I've been able to, to navigate through both. And one of the things that I found in all of those different instances as it relates to professional development is um, I think 
I think for us as blacks, we segregate ourselves, but we're also segregated. And even within, within those that are black, um, there, is a, there is a hierarchy. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that for me personally, as I'm walking in locker rooms. In terms of people helping you and not helping you? That mm-hmm. and just who hangs with who. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a visiting uh, professor right. at a college, and we just finished talking about uh, why do all the black people, uh, Pillar College mm-hmm. in, in uh, Somerset, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And um, we talked about the, the why do all the black people sit together at the, at the, at the lunchroom table. Mm-hmm. And um, that phenomenon to a predominantly white class was like, huh? But when they sat and they thought about it, it's like, oh, so when you go to the Barclays Center or you go to the Madison Square Garden, the media room, you see people segregate. I've always been mm. the type of person, I try to speak to everybody, but I still think that when you are a, 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 a higher up person at ABC or at CBS or NBC, you're here, and then the freelancer at said publication is down there. Right. Mm. And so I think it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a line of demarcation on class, it's a line of demarcation on color as a line of demarcation on status and as a line of demarcation of certain people think that they're just not on a level. And then mm. I feel like a lot of people who are on the come up, they hate on them. And then when they get to a certain point, um, they love them. They love them. <laughs> <laughs> I try to stay even kill, but mm. uh, my name is Donald Duck. I don't give a, I kind of keep it, keep it, keep it <laughs> level headed. I try to keep level headed and right. try to speak to everybody that I meet. That's, a, that's interesting. Well, no, I, I won't. I'll leave that. <laughs> but you know, I, I noticed because even at the U.S. Open, mm-hmm. I've noticed that you know, sometimes I go into the press room, and there's a cluster of brothers, right, you know, right, right by the we, door. We, yeah, we had we had a spot. The yeah, US right, Open. right by the door, <laughs> sit there, you know. But then I'm thinking, so, so you're right. You you could come in and say, oh well, all the blacks are clustered together. But then again, all the whites are clustered right. together too. I mean, nobody said, you know, there's a reason for it. Right. You know, I mean, you go where you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, if we were, if people were made comfortable to, yeah. to sit wherever, that's how it would be, mm-hmm. I think. You know? There's a saying uh, I've said, my, my friends and I say, you hang, we celebrate, and now we tolerate it. And I think that right. a lot of times, particularly for people of color, I find that I, I took a 15-day trip to Thailand in January. Mm, wow. And uh, I've noticed that since I came back, I'm relating to Asians and their culture and their, their plight. And so I believe that they empathize with African Americans a lot. Um, and then I find that even in our field, when you're dealing with uh, white folks, um, there are certain white folks that are apologists for black folks. And sometimes you need those to get you through certain doors that you can't open. Right. You need that. And so my my grandmother, uh, she always says to me, Brandon, you have a face for everybody. I think that you know being adaptable. You know, I have army uh, fatigue pants on. You have to be able to adapt to everybody. You have to be able to communicate. From the guy on the corner to the to the to the chairman of the board, and mm-hmm. that and that skill in life will take you farther, and then also good manners will take you farther than the money ever will. Mm-hmm. We should play the Herbie Hancock song, Chameleon. Yes. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah, I grew yeah. up to that song. Yeah, yeah, Chameleon. But what they're saying is that that's another thing too, being a chameleon. I mean, I mean, I think there are a lot of different ways to slice this to to, sure. to, to, to attack this issue. Let me ask you a question: What have you also seen, Brandon? Our, our guest is the great. Brandon Scooby Robinson. Uh, he's a host of Scooby Radio. But you've been, um, you know, again, you're 33, and I don't want to hammer on that, but you, how have the athletes um, changed from the time you start covering Nets, Knicks, Giants, Jets, to now do you find, um, do you find athletes, um, particularly the black athletes, do you find them more approachable? Do you find them more conscious? You find, how, you know, has there been a change? Um, I think athletes have always been distrusting of uh, 
reporters just because a lot of reporters are want to be the first to get it out. I don't think that's ever changed. I think social media has leveled the playing field. I think that um, when I was in grad school, uh, I took a cla- another class with uh, a professor named Dr. Crystal Brent Zook. Mm-hmm. She used to work at uh, Essence and write, and she's a professor mm-hmm. there. And she said, this was in 2009, she said, you know, it's not going to be about networks. It's going to be about brands following and who's, who can get the exclusive. And so for me, I've always, even from high school and grade school, when I was a kid, I always prided myself on building relationships with athletes. And I feel like the relationships supersede any network mm. supersedes any, your cousin, baby, mama's best friend is this person. I think relationships, pure, genuine relationships has always been the case. You as a, as a columnist and, uh, you know, other folks who have, who have done it, you've had relationships and been able to report certain things other people can. And then they looking at you like, how'd you do it? And then you just give them the Jordan shrug. I don't know. You know, hmm. I, I, think, I think players have changed, but I also think they're more level-headed. You know, mm. there'll be athletes that I that I speak to off the grid who will ask me advice on fashion. They'll ask me advice on, um, you know, what club to go to or not. So I think being plugged into your your respective city, being around other people, um, you'll be surprised at how much athletes will take to you if you if you come with a pure heart and 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 no agenda. How much do you think is because of, of age? Or you're in the general age group. I think it's age. I think it's it's. I look like them. Mm-hmm. I talk like them. I dress like them, and I think, I think more than anything, it, it's God's favor. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that he he he's put me in positions that I know, at the age I was at, I shouldn't be in. And other people will look at me like, how did he get in here? And favor's not fair. Um, but I also do think that one of the misconceptions people in your age group make is they feel that you should be mentoring young folks when you arrive. I feel like you can mentor someone else as you're on the way up. So I think when you come with a pure heart, whether they're an athlete, whether they're a journalist on the, on, on the rise, I think when you just are yourself, I think people gravitate to that. Mm-hmm. Who has been the most compelling, the most compelling figure, let's say, in the past, and, you know, that, that you've sort of been an athlete, a, a, athletic-wise? Or, or maybe I, could, I should, open up, you should open up to, to celebrities, too. Who's compelling? Who 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 do you find to be really compelling? And let's say in the last few years, compelling news-wise or compelling yes, as a as a figure. Just that's just when I say compelling, whatever the first thing that comes to your mind, you know, if if you could if you could if they're going to send you send you to a, a, a remote island, and they said, but you're going to have to take these six people, and these are going to be the the athlete celebrities that you're going to spend be on this island with. Who would be compelling to you? Athletes and public figures in general? Yeah, yeah. Jay-Z. Hmm. Well, of course, it'd be his island. He'd buy the island. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. So that's one, Jay. Mm-hmm. Um, two would be Eli Manning. Why is hmm. that? Um, that's the scoop. Yeah. Because at the time of this recording, um, Lil Wayne was on social media today ranting about... Uh, both Frank Isola and um, Eli Manning. Uh, if you Frank Isola and Eli Manning. <laughs> yes. From Lil Wayne. That's interesting. Yes, because um, basically, if you paid attention, Jocena Anderson interviewed right. uh, Eli, or excuse me, interviewed Odell, Odell Beckham, Beckham and right. uh, right. Lil Wayne in an interview. And I guess Frank Isola, who I know, said something about it and didn't like what was said or what have you. And He said um, something about the interview, the interview with Jocena, itself, but yeah. not the fact that it happened. 
the the interview itself. Okay. And <laughs> and basically, Lil Wayne went on a rant, said, I, "Frank, you're a hater. I don't know much about you, but I, I I know you're New York, and I like you." He says, "I know a little bit about New York. I did time in Rikers, oh, and uh, basically, <laughs> stop being a hater." And so, you know, he said Eli Manning said he didn't know much about Lil Wayne. I like Eli Manning because he's quiet. He is the proverbial uh, fly on the wall that watches a lot, is exposed to a lot, and he has that Seinfeld humor that I find interesting. And mm-hmm. so for me, you know, I think sometimes you want to find somebody that is the complete different opposite of you and really get that narration and what you're, what you're discussing. So, you know, Eli Manning would be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to that, LeBron James would be there because I grew up similarly to him, you know, the predominantly white prep school um, had, you know, had to play the Will Smith card, you know, mm-hmm. Will Smith. I did a thesis in grad school uh, on uh, Will Smith and used the representation of black males as mm-hmm. uh, my muse. And I actually used your book, Mr. Roden, $40 million Slaves, as, as mm-hmm. the guide mm-hmm. and how code switching and all those other things, Stuart Hall's uh, uh, cultural studies uh, beliefs and all that stuff tied that in. So for me, you know, the code switching and all those different things that come with this is something that I uh, would really want to tie in with LeBron. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you said how many? Six. Uh, okay, so we have three. <laughs> Four. And a solo guy. Eli. under pressure over here. Eli. Eli. LeBron. Uh, LeBron. Jay-Z. 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 Okay. Um, I'll add Will Smith to that list. I've never interviewed him. I find him very interesting and fascinating because I feel like I've lived through him in various portions of my life. Um, Plays a good game for him, him or the um, Fresh Prince. Right, right, right. That's a good distinction. Well, that, 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 that's a great well uh-huh. because he played Fresh Prince. <laughs> so that's four. Right, right, right. right. He plays um, a good game of chess, too. Does he? He plays a good game of chess. Have you played against him? No. No, but I know a while ago he started getting uh, tutoring huh. from these chess masters. Mm-hmm. I've always, that's one thing I like. You know, I like to play him. So one day I like to play him, you know, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, you know, you know, they say, well, can you play chess? This is all relative. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how good you are. Right. I would like to sit down with the Will, if you're having to stumble <laughs> across this podcast, this or Brandon's, you know, I'm putting out a challenge. Right, right, right. Okay, so that's four. That's four. Um, five would be... Um, Donald Trump. Oh, boy. Okay, now you're about to lose us now. <laughs> no, there's a reason why. Yeah, I know why. No, go ahead, why? Um... I just want to know what he thinks. I want to know his habits. I want to know how he plans his day, how he structures his meals, <laughs> what his family like life is like. Um, one thing that I found about watching Donald Trump, and it's no disrespect to this person, he is the reporter's dream, as is Charles Barkley. Right. You sit a tape recorder in front of him. That's true. That's true. And they That's talk. True. Oh, he yeah. say he say he he has single handedly revived the newspaper industry. Mm-hmm. Right. See, and he knows it. Can't do without it. Mm-hmm. Now, that would be the fact that you have LeBron and POTUS 44 on the same island would be... I'd, 45. I mean, POTUS 45 on the same island is... It, 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 I wonder what those dinners would be like. Or if they'd even have... Be very, it'd be like a Thanksgiving in my family. Very contentious. Lord. Mm. Last one would be President Obama. Mm. Okay. Now, you have no women on your island. No. <laughs> Aaron, come in here. <laughs> but it's not. But it's Why? not. But it's not, not. Serena. You wouldn't. You wouldn't invite Serena. Serena doesn't interest you. LeBron has a phone. He can call her. Well, you put him. <laughs> you put him on the spot with six. So you know. No, but no. Well, hell, I mean, who would you take as six people? I don't know. I wasn't on the but spot. What? 
Oh, if I said, but if I said you had to take a woman, not had to, but you, in other words, there's not on, the, on your top six million There's no woman. No women. But, your, but no, I'm not. Seg- but I'm not segregating. Um, if I had to pick a woman, um, I would like to speak to Princess Diana. And the reason why is because number one, when you look at celebrity and you look at the way celebrities are chased and you know hounded by media, she died in a car crash with paparazzi chasing her. Um, and I also think it's interesting when I watched the movie Aladdin as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Aladdin was considered a street rat, and you know when you look at that situation with Princess Diana and how she handled Prince Prince Charles's family, she was outcasted, but she fit his narrative at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be really curious to figure out from talking to her um, how she was able to navigate class, socioeconomic status. Um, and still be herself. You know, I'm, I'm intrigued in that same thing. I'm intrigued by um, the sister who's now living in Buckingham Palace. Yes. Um, Markle. Because she has got to be in the same plane as um, Princess Di, right? Right. Yeah, I think she would be interesting, particularly because she uh, thrived in a social media era where the Catholic priest was preaching a sermon, getting his praise on, and it was felt uh, cross-denominationally um, racially, uh, and and I thought it was brilliant. And I think that you know, a few times this year, you've seen things like that on Twitter. You've seen it with their wedding. You saw it during Aretha Franklin's wedding, or excuse me, her funeral. Mm. And um, I just think that it's we're introducing ourselves to a whole new world in our culture in Maybe a way Af- African American. Yes, in a way we've never. Uh, people ha- have to be forced to see it now. Hmm. Hmm. Let's, let's take a quick break. Get back. That's that's actually. A, that's very an intriguing point, just in terms of us being who we've always been, uh-huh. which is a global, a global entity, sure, and a profound truth about this country. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, our guest is the great Brandon Robinson, Scoop B. Robinson. He's the host of Scoop B Radio, and he writes for B-Ball Society. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible has over 180,000 book titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of the Bill Roden on Sports podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. We highly recommend that you check out the classic $40 Million Slaves, The Rise, Fall, and Redemption of the Black Athlete by the one and only William C. Roden. An absolute must read. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on Sports. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on Sports for your free audiobook. Welcome back, everybody, here in a still undisclosed location in mm-hmm. Midtown Manhattan with the great Jamal Murphy. Murph, what's that? I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I miss you, uh, miss you at the game. Uh, Sun, uh, yeah, you know, Sunday, you man. Know, just finally, just finally break out. I'm, I'm gonna take credit for that. You know, I, you know, I tried to give the just their space. Didn't want to ask too many tough questions. You know, may, you know, they felt free to just perform, and they they got they a victory. You okay, know? I'll be pressure. back next week. <laughs> See, they're gonna ask I think, you not they, to I think they got the Colts coming up. So uh, they, yeah. they could be three and three after next week. Hey, uh, I guess is Brandon Scooby Robinson. So, Brandon, what do you think about uh, let's 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 talk some ball? I mean, we've talked a lot of, you know, we've talked on the periphery of stuff. Um, what intrigues you about this NFL season? I guess we should start in New York 
uh, you mentioned you may, you mentioned bringing uh, uh, Eli Manning on the island. A lot of people are willing to send his ass there. Too. <laughs> Why don't you take? You know, let, let, let's start with the, the, the local the local team. Is there hope? I would have never have thought that the Giants would have started as rough as they have. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at particularly what they brought to the table, Saquon Barkley is in town. Uh, Odell Beckham got the got the contract. And then life happens. And it's funny because when I looked at the Giants last season, I thought <clears throat> Odell Beckham's injury uh, in that preseason game against the Cleveland Browns uh, was really the Achilles heel that could have propelled them to, to be successful last season. And I thought that this season would be the reverse of last season. Um, and I think that the line is, is really holding it down and then just playing better teams. You know, I think that the Giants uh, are – who they were before they got there. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to really and truly November being their friend um, and October being their friend. I think that the Giants can write the shit, but I, would, I, I wouldn't have expected that the Jets uh, could be more of the talk of town in football mm-hmm. uh, than the Giants. But uh, we'll see when all 16 games are played. What about, what about your boy Eli? Uh, do you think, you think he has something left? you think, I mean, he's known to turn it up that's what I'm saying. In the second half of the season, but he's but he's up there in age now. He's right. up there in age, but I, I still think um, when you look at just guys who are in his age bracket and even older, uh, the, look at the Patriots. Um, Drew I, Brees, I, exactly. Drew Brees got the record, so I mm-hmm. think you, know, you you can't count on Eli Manning, particularly when it gets a little colder. I don't know about you as a writer. I like when it gets a little colder. It, it makes me want to step up. That's just my mentality. I've been like that since high school. There's something about cold weather that motivates me. But you, but, but you're in the press box. I'm in the press it's box. Not like you're writing outside. You yeah, know? but when I but but there's something about the element. Just vote. You think you can? You, you get more focus. A focus. That's a, that's it's, a Jersey thing. Must be. It, it, it is perhaps, <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. But I, no, I, I think that for Eli Manning, I think it really comes down to protection. It comes True. down to it, that, and, and, will that, the, and will that change? Like that's to me, that's the key. I think that's a that is a game by game watching tape situation. I right. think that just like you can't coach speed, you can't coach wit. They just let somebody go. They just the flowers. Yeah, I think so yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, Eli, the the one thing with age that you can't, you know, you can't. He can't run anymore. He's not agile, and he never, he never, he never he was, never was. He never was. No. But now, if you get within two yards of him, it's over. And that's the today's NFL. You know, you got right. guys who, you know, whether you, you you orange, green, yellow, purple, you got to have some speed if you're right. a quarterback. Right. You know, I think you, you look at. Aaron Aaron Rodgers, he's right. got the speed. You look at, you look at. Uh, uh, I was going to say Kyle Kaepernick. When you look at, uh, <laughs> when you when you look at just uh, just anybody, right, they right. have speed. Baker Mayfield, the number one pick, he can, he can he can get outside of the pocket. And I'm pleased with Cleveland, by the way. I was yeah. glad they got that win against the Ravens. You want to see an underdog do what they need to do. You need some. You need something to talk about in the city of Cleveland post LeBron leaving. But you know, to to, to keep it back on the home soil, I think that the, the protection is the biggest thing for Eli. You have the weapons. You would also think that with Saquon behind him on the on the line that, that would preserve his, his legs and but those guys on the, on the defensive side are charging him. Yeah. And uh it, it, it's it, you hope that uh he figures it out. What do you think about the Jets? I'm pulling for him. You know, You're pulling for Todd Bowles. I'm pull, well, yeah, I'm pulling for yeah. Todd. Yeah. Uh, I'm pulling for just their makeup. And it's funny because I went to a couple of Jets games uh, last season, and you saw the potential they had. I remember the game they played against the Falcons last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's just a level of of grit. You know, everybody pays attention to the Giants. Mm-hmm. The Jets are a, a viable football team, and but they're playing in the AFC, mm-hmm. and the AFC is pretty pretty dead going uh, stacked. If you ask me, right is this now. is this the year? Is this the year that, 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 that New England gives it up? I, I can't bet against them. 
And to me, New England is like the Spurs of, of football. You know, you, you count them out, but they're never out, and they and they upgrade. What, what do you think about one team that could take them out? At least it's early, right? We've mm-hmm. only been through a quarter of the season. Who knows what happens down the road? But right now, the Chiefs, four and zero, with the talk of the league, mm-hmm. uh, Pat Mahomes, Post Mahomes, as some people know him, <laughs> like Post Malone. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what, do you, what do you think about that kid? I mean, you can't count out Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I went to college in the Greater Philadelphia area for undergrad, and mm-hmm. uh, watched him during his his days with. Where'd you uh, go? Um, I went to Eastern University. Oh, okay. Uh, I went to Eastern, Eastern Uni- yeah. yeah, Eastern University, mm-hmm. uh, and say Davis, Pennsylvania, down the street from Villanova. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, watched you know the Eagles. I was there, you know, when they went to the Super Bowl in two thousand four, the two thousand four when right. T.O. Yeah. and McNabb. Yeah, yeah. I was disappointed. Threw up. Yes. <laughs> threw up. Yes. Yes. Yeah, T.O. dropped dime on that. That's how we know. Yeah. Is yeah. it what T.O. is the one who told people that we would have never known. They showed it though. They did. Yeah. I mean, we actually saw. I mean. I mean, they said, they, good, I remember they saying right. it, the, the, the announcers, they, they mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know, anyway, but I, I don't want to. Maybe he was no, just no, sick. No. You know? He was, well, he's probably nervous. I mean, normally at that, I just think that normally. It was a Willie Beeman moment. You ever see any given Sunday? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah remember yeah, he yeah. used to barf before before yeah, he would check yeah, in? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, any given Sunday, right. right with LT. Yes, he was on it. Jamie Foxx. Yeah, Jamie Foxx was, uh, what? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, LL. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 yes. Yeah, LL, didn't LL and Jamie Foxx have beef? Yeah. If you ever did, you, did you ever check out uh, Jamie Foxx's? He, he actually is a good stand-up comic. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, I might need yeah. security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a scene where he said, uh, "Prince asked him like what happened with LL." He said, "So I heard you and LL got into it." He and he said, "Prince said to him, well, what would Jesus do?'" <laughs> <laughs> it was just so random, but you know, it, 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 LL yeah. and Jamie were definitely uh, on point. Uh, yeah, he had a good, uh, in that stand-up, he had a good joke about uh, J-Lo, but I won't repeat that one. I remember when you was, hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> we'll talk off air about that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But to go to your point about Andy Reid, man. Let's talk football. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not Let's betting against Andy Reid. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not betting against Andy Reid, man. I, I, I like his playbook. I think he was at. Except in the big game. Yeah, that's right. what people say. It's yeah, right. yeah. Right. With him, it's, it's, it's too calm. But yet he, too calm. But here's yeah. the thing: Cincinnati isn't doing bad. They're, last I checked, they're like four and one. Uh, the, uh-huh. the 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 uh, the Chargers aren't doing bad at five and zero. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't. Like I said, you the Rams are undefeated. Now, come on, the Rams look good. No, why? Why didn't people do not? Give I meant the Rams to say the, any love. I meant to say the Rams, not, not the, the Chargers. Chargers yes. Huh? Yeah. yeah, no, the Rams. That's right. Yeah, I mean the Rams. You know, they're like undefeated, but I guess I don't. Is it because it's LA. They're, on, they're in the West Coast? It's right? LA. And nobody cares. They know. care about LeBron. Well, they better, they better, <laughs> they better start caring about the Rams. They better start about <laughs> the Rams are for real. You know, they got, they, they got, you know, they got one of these uh, boy genius coaches a la uh, Brad Stevens in, yeah. in the NBA. Um, <laughs> Them head coaches in the NBA can't stand him. Really? They, they give him a hard, they Brad give Stevens? Brad Stevens a hard way to go. Yeah. Well, do you think it's deserved? He's next. He's, what do you mean? I think whenever next. I think whenever you are great and whenever you're young and you go against the grain, you face the most opposition. And I think that, you know, when you have somebody like Brad Stevens who did not go the traditional route of being a right. big time assistant, right. you know, he he he, he paid his dues. He paid his dues. But he has the respect of younger players. When you have the voice of other, from the younger people and the older people looking at you like you're from Mars, Venus, and right. Saturn. It's a little hater, hater stuff. Oh, psh, big time. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I think when you to go back to football, um, I think that situation 
I think that they're not going to get their just due until they win some playoff games. Right, right, right. And they they, they did get their playoffs last year, you know, and everybody was excited. In fact, I went to the game, Mm -hmm. and they lost to Atlanta, as a matter Mm -hmm. of fact. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, so, but this is a nice time of year. You know, everybody's excited. You know, Kansas City, you know, like you said, you know, the shoe. It's early. Yeah, it's early. Quite. Yeah. So it's a quarter (laughs) of the season, right? Yeah. This podcast is coming up, what, tomorrow or something? Yeah. So the Yankees should be out. Uh, the Yankee, the Yankees. So they'll, they'll, we, this will probably be the last time we'll mention. Well, you know, Yankees baseball. I'm, I just feel bad for the Yankees, like, and I wish they had somebody like Degrom who could pitch the next game or Syndergaard or something like that. That'd Why you nice. want all the Mets guys on the Yankees? I'm just, I'm just saying. Because <laughs> he's a I'm Mets to, fan. I'm trying to help. <laughs> I just wish they had more pitching help. Now, you know what I'm saying? Here's the thing: the Mets are the most irrelevant team in baseball, and Jamal, some kind of way, gets them into the conversation. You know, talk, let's talk about the Jets. I mean, talk, you know, we're going to mention something relevant. The Yan- you about the Yankees. He, hey, you see how he jumps on those young guys? Yeah, what's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to put uh, that. This is just fundamental. The theory this is not, this is not generational. I, I, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> is that gen- you know. Um, uh, and, uh, one last thing for the Jets. We didn't, you guys did not give the Jets. You didn't say anything about the Jets. Cause look who else is in their conference. We not think who? we got huh? Who beside New England? Well, who? I mean, I, I Buffalo. Beginning of the season, <laughs> Miami. Beginning of the season, you look at the Jets. Uh, I agree with what you said about them. You know, last year having potential yeah. young defense. That you know, both safeties were rookies last year. Mm-hmm. They started two rookie safeties last year. A lot of young guys on the def- defensive end. Bowles is a defensive coach. And then they they draft the you know the quarterback Darnold mm-hmm. first round. Who looks um, great. You know, I mean, he looks great, just like a rookie should. He looks great some games and and some other games not. Coming into the season, I thought they were about an eight and eight team. That would be a successful season. After game one, when everybody was hyped when they beat Detroit, uh-huh. I was like, oh, maybe nine and seven. Then I came quickly back to eight and eight. They're, they're two and three. They play Indianapolis. They could easily win that game on Sunday. That would be three and three. Home? They're in the mix. Yeah. Is that on the road or is it home? Home. Oh, okay. And I think that the, the phenomenon of Darnold is, is something special on the Scoopy Radio podcast. I actually had a, a, a buddy of mine who played wide receiver. Uh, I, I did a rack of just like different um, prospects uh, who were going into the draft. And he actually worked out in the combine with Darnold. And it was some pass that went viral uh, mm-hmm. on, online. And uh, he, go, he caught it. Mm-hmm. And he was just telling me it's not so much just about Darnold's play on the field, it's his mental. It's, right. his, it's his preparation. It's how even killed he is. Sometimes with quarterbacks, you might have a, a quarterback that knows he's that good and it reflects on the field. But then sometimes you have a guy that's just that damn good. And right. it's like when you talk to him off the field, he's the complete opposite of right. the showman that he is on the field. Right. Very he? humble kid. Very yeah. humble kid. Yeah. It gives, you know, from day one. You know, remember when he came in to the to preseason or training camp with the Jets, they had Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. They had McCown who started – you know, what all 16 games last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, you know, he gave deference to them. He was like, I'm learning from both of these guys. And then when you talk to those guys, Bridgewater mm-hmm. and McCown, they were like, oh, we love this kid. You know, he listens. Uh, you know, he ha- doesn't have a big head at all. Yeah. So, And that that resonates with the rest of the team, of course. Yeah, and right. I think that carries mm-hmm. over. I think that carries – I didn't mean to cut you off. Okay. I think that carries over. Th- that, that narrative is so similar to uh, the narrative in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Where you had a a, a, star, a legitimate starting quarterback fairly lose his job to the rookie, right? And they're putting up and, and putting up numbers. Like I said before, that Cleveland Browns win against the Ravens impressed me. Yeah, that's a great point, you know, because I was pulling for Tyrod Taylor. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I was really pulling. We all were. To, <laughs> you know, uh, and you know, and I, and I was prepared to not like Baker Mayfield. Correct. But why? You know? Well, because I mean, I'm in this whole great white hope thing. I right. mean, you know, that whenever a particular quarterback. Sure. That, uh, but, but having said all that, right. You know, sometimes the guys. Are I think real right deal. now the guys right now, as in uh, October, where we are now. <laughs> That's true. Now again, you know, we're getting ready. To, you know, it's getting ready to be cold. And all that, so we'll see. And he's still all these all these people we're seeing are still rookies. Yeah. Kid in Buffalo, well Rosen, yes, right. Well the uh, the Buffalo kid Allen and oh, Ro- Rosen yeah. in Arizona. Yeah, all, mm-hmm. all, yeah no, uh, yeah, yeah. Trust me. I, you asked me before why I enjoy the cold, and I can use this analogy. It, it, we all went to school, we all graduated, we have advanced mm-hmm. degrees, and when I went to college, we, me and my friends, not, used, not me, by the way. Well, I graduated no advanced degree. We've all advanced career-wise, so yeah. your, your advanced degree was in your profession. I commend yeah, you for yeah, that. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have this guy on well, again. Well, he, he, that's legendary status. That's, like, that's more of an advancement. I don't even know what advancement is. Right. No, but I, I think the, the point I'm making is my friends, when we were in school, you know, they always use the analogy, look to your left, look to your right, person right. to your left, your right. Man. I, I used to say after those type of meetings, look at who shows up to the parties at the beginning of the semester. Look at who shows up to the parties when it gets cold at the end. Those who are still partying heavy at the beginning – ain't coming back in the, in, in the following year. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you really can test a person's, uh, their stride and their grit when uh, they are really going deeper into this thing. You right. know, how serious you are, how much extra time you're putting into your playbook, right. how focused you are, what, what, what adjustments you're making. Because, you know, after a while, defenses get used to you. Exactly. No question. And, you know, I, I call you, it. You could, you could go through a whole year. You know, yeah. they call it the sophomore slump because, you know, they started uh, right. studying you. So, like, you, like the, the point is, it's early. <clears throat> yeah. You know, Very. You know, well, they're, they're saying even about the kid in Philadelphia. Yes. Wentz. They're saying all of a sudden it's a combination of people getting the book on him. Yep. Comes back and says, we don't think he's 100%. Mm-hmm. Not near. So now all of a sudden everybody's blitzing and him. They're running at him. Yeah, I mean. Watson, too. Yeah. From, yeah, from the, Houston. Watson. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess as us as journalists, I always find it fascinating to see. I mean, and it gives you more um, respect for, for players over a 10-year career who average like, you know, 25 points a game over – the duration of their career or average, you know, five yards a carry for, you know, with, with teams, you know, you know, the game plan for because you got to adjust. And right. I, and I use this analogy. <clears throat> Jordan wasn't dunking on everybody at certain points. He had to establish the fadeaway. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Barkley had to establish a jumper. Mm-hmm. Hakeem had to get the dream shake and a whole bunch of soccer footwork. I think Hakeem Olajuwon is one of the most underrated, underappreciated yeah. centers right. in the league. Right. No question. That's why Kobe and LeBron spend all that money to go train with them. Right. right. You know, so I think you, you can average 25, 30 points based off your diet versus, you know, how much sleep you get. You spending time with your family, less time in the club and, you know, and really just staying in your playbook. That's what separates the, the, the great from the ain't. Uh, yeah, I heard, I heard actually LeBron in an interview a couple of days ago. He talking about his diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, but, and, and another guy, who's the guy, um, he, he, he's on Sirius XM, really good. Uh, brother, um, what's his name? He, um, uh, he played with San Antonio. He played. Uh, this guy's real, but he's really a shot. We, in fact, we should have him on the show, and you may have had him on your show already. Not Bruce Bowen. No, 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 no. So I'll stick it. No, no, Brett not Barry. Bo- huh? Brett Barry. No, it was a brother. Um, but anyway, but he was making the point. But, uh, Antonio McDaniel's. McDice? McDice. No, 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 no. McDaniels. Antonio Daniels. Uh, Antonio, Antonio Daniels. Oh, Antonio yeah. Daniels. Okay. We had, we stay here long enough. We get the name right. <laughs> but he was talking about diet and all the stuff that. You know, when he was, he said, he said, I'm more conscious of it now than I was 
when I was playing. And now sure. these guys coming up are all they start off on diet. They start off. Oh yeah. You know, at, at playing. At, I mean, even as a journalist, I, I've become to be more conscious. My body can't take like dairy like that anymore. Mm. And so I started doing more plant-based stuff and I feel great. Mm. My day lasts longer. Uh, it's a company that, that I rock with called Joseph Carrot. And uh, what is uh, that? Basically, it's, it's plant based delivery to your house. Uh, What's it called? Joseph Carrot. As in carrot? Yeah. Joseph what Carrot. Do? So they create plant based meal prep dishes. And so as I'm at home writing and doing a ton of stuff, I'm able to just go downstairs, put it in the oven, heat it up, or put it in the microwave and go about my day. It's pre made. So you have, you know, quinoa, you have uh, uh, all types of, of, of Brussels sprouts and really? carrots. And are, they, are they a sponsor of yours? No, we should. I was gonna say, let's call these. Let's call them now. Right. What, it's called Joseph. Joseph Carey. I'll make sure to set you guys yeah. up after the show. But I'm, yeah, I've been. I've actually, I've been looking for something like that. Blue, I find with Blue, um, what do you call it, the other delivery thing that they don't do say it. Blue Apron. Blue Apron. <laughs> they just it's too much. Right. It's just too much stuff. This seems to be a little more moderate. And more and, and healthy. And that healthy well, is the key. Juicing is is mm, key. So right. beet and carrot, beet juice, mm-hmm. ginger, and. I, I, I think uh, I, I don't want to criminate myself, but I remember one time I had a bad hangover after after Fourth of July, and carrot, apple, and 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 ginger cleared up the hangover. Really? I think sometimes. So for all you kids out there, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, all you Supreme Court justices, <laughs> get that carrot juice, and ginger. Dude, yeah. uh, let me ask you as as we wind this stuff down, man. Listen, thank you so much for coming, Brian. It's, it's, been, it's an been, honor. It's been great. This is part one. Just look at this part one. Uh, you, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, LeBron. How, where do you stand in the argument of greatest of all time? And I, I know this that this. Part of me, I don't even like to indulge in that, but it's become so intense this last year, last couple of years, in terms of the pecking order of great NBA players. When you do your top five, who are your top five and, and why? I had Dr. J on Scoopy Radio, and mm-hmm. uh, oh, wow, okay. he said to me that uh, when he played, people tried to discuss Connie Hawkins and him and put him the two of them in comparisons. I think that he said that you know, comparisons are for the fans to decide, but I'll also add that when people always want to put LeBron in that conversation about the greatest, they're comparing LeBron, who's still a body of work forming, to, Le- to Michael, who's a finished body of work. Right. Um, I think what sets LeBron apart from Michael right now is the competition and the, in this instance, Gary Vitti will be on Scoopy Radio next week, and I'll preview this by saying that Gary Vitti argues, although he was a Lakers trainer, that when you look at Michael when he came into the league, in 91, when they finally broke through and went to the finals, you, you played against a depleted Mag- or Magic Johnson that was a shell of himself, Vladi Divac, Sam Perkins, and others. Bird retired soon after. Isaiah was hurt uh, soon thereafter. Um, and the baton was handed over to them based off of age, illness, or what have you. Well, to, I'll let you finish. But... Jordan, it's not like it's not like he just he had to go through years just to get to that. And point. I think that's and I think that's similar to LeBron when he couldn't get to when they kept losing in the finals against Dallas. Dallas was a better team in 2011. Right. People think that just because LeBron and Wade and Bosh were on a Miami team that they were just going to beat that Dallas Mavericks do you, team. Do you think LeBron had a good series in that game, in that series? I think LeBron had an okay series. I think, but I think LeBron kind of took a backseat to Wade because that's Wade's team. I think LeBron, in order to be LeBron, has to take over. 
I mean, I I love I love LeBron. Respect LeBron. He's definitely you know he's all time all time great. But, um, but <laughs> in that you know for in that if if you have to if you have to look for blemishes in in a career and and this is you know this is what you have to do. Uh, when they played Dallas, they he wasn't. It was almost you know he he basically choked that series and uh, you know he made up for it later on in his career. But they were giving him jump shots. They you know he, they were leaving him wide open at the top of the key. He was short arm, arming jump shots. I mean that happened. LeBron like, and you the know, Heat. He made up for it, but Le- that happened. LeBron <clears throat> and the Heat got the payback from 06. They had Dallas had to win that series mm-hmm. in 2011. Dirk had to win that. Oh, you mean from when Wade won mm-hmm. his? And I also think that Jason Kidd and Tyson Chandler right. were big cont- contributors, as well as Jason Terry. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of veteran leadership on that team in no, 2011. No. I think that I think you're right about giving up them shots. Sometimes when it's your time, it's your time. It right. wasn't exactly LeBron's time yet. I agree. And, 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 and but Jordan never had that type of. That's what, mm-hmm. I mean. We're 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 splitting hairs, right? When you try to compare the, you know, who's the greatest? They're all. No, but great. I, I tell you this though, I I believe that, uh, and it's true, that 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 um, <laughs> that if uh, that if LeBron somehow leads the Lakers to some, I, I say a championship. Some people just say the finals. If he was a championship with the Lakers, I think is hands down he becomes the greatest of all time. Well, but but because because. Michael did it with one team, which is laudable. John Stark said that to me this summer. He said he feels like LeBron can't be compared to Michael because um, Michael did it with one team. And I don't think that's fair because I think LeBron represents my age group of the freelancer. And I think that in this era, um, these teams ain't loyal and neither these players. And the AAU culture changed the whole landscape. So you have to be sensitive to, or not sensitive, you have to be understanding. Yeah, it's a different time. But I think it's, yeah. And I think also, um, I think the toughest teams that, you you might think I'm crazy or laugh, but I think the toughest team that, the toughest two teams that Michael played against in the finals were Utah and Seattle. Yeah, that's hard, that's hard well, to argue. You know, but I'll give him grace because you can only play who you play against. In other words, sure. I mean, right. it's not like they, they they give me a choice of of fighting here here. And I, you know, you you you. This is your era, and you play. And also, play. that's not. It's, I don't even consider it a slight. I mean, Utah had two of the two of the top, what thirty players of all time, probably with Carl Malone and Stockton. When you look in retrospect, I mean, those yeah. guys were great players. Uh, Gary Payton is an all time great. Kemp was great at the time. And I just think sometimes, I think we just want to put people in boxes and compare. When you right. look at Alicia no Keys, people could, and when she first came out, you couldn't tell whether she was a pianist, whether she was a rapper, whether she was an RB singer. She's just Alicia Keys. I think that's just like for fans of the game, comparing journalists, you set the foundation. Will Bond set the foundation. You know, but to compare the two of you to Stephen A. Smith, that's not fair because he's standing on the shoulders for the tradition that y'all created. Mm-hmm. Now it's on to the next wave, but you, you still right. have your your place. Just like I think if it wasn't for Michael, these sneaker contracts wouldn't have, would be existed. Right. So he's a pioneer just like you and others are. Yeah, no, that, that, that's true. The, the, the advantage, I guess, in sports is that it's finite. You've got standing. Sure. Right. You've got a scoreboard. Right, a scoreboard. And you got a scoreboard, and, and you can't make it up. Like, Mm-mm. in journalism, whatever, well, Alicia Keys, well, I kind of like that. Subjective. Here, it's like, did you win or did you lose? True. Right. Did you, in, in the four game, in the best of seven series, did you win or did you lose? Invariably, the best team, 
I think is going to win. No, I just, I, I, well, I guess my question was, to me, winning, if, if LeBron leads, he led the Heat to a championship. Two. He led, he led Cleveland to a championship. If he now leads L.A. to a championship and helps revitalize a great franchise to the extent that we're here, and that's part of our job is to say this guy versus that. Right. I'd say, you know what? He's up there. Based on, and also, I also look off the court. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. he's chosen to he's chosen to at least, you know, outwardly be a conscious black person. Right. Where Michael chose, I think Michael was probably conscious, but he mm. said, "I'm not doing it in front of everybody." Yeah. I'm gonna be. Craig Hodges told me on Scoopy Radio that mm-hmm. you know that whole thing when Jordan refused to go to the White House uh, when Bush was in office was a big thing. He did it quietly. He didn't show. You know, but when Clinton came in, I mean, he's played golf with Bill Clinton. You know, mm-hmm. he liked, he felt comfortable with Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. But I think when Michael played, just from a kid observing and then hearing what my parents told me about Bill Russell and, and others, I think that, you know, a lot of money was coming from sneaker contracts. A lot of players felt that they had to be quiet versus, you know, Bill Russell and Jim Brown weren't getting the kind of money that, that Michael and others were getting. Right. Now you got social media and you also just have LeBron who just don't care. I think LeBron used to care what people think. And I also think that when he didn't sign that stuff with Darfur, people started really questioning his loyalties. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I, so, I, I, so, I, go, go ahead. Yeah. So we're talking LeBron. Let's talk, let's talk about this season. Right. <laughs> I've had, I've had some, um, some debates with, uh, friends and other journalists. Uh, LeBron's on the Lakers now, new team. Uh, the Western conference is stacked. At least that's, that's what, that's the consensus. At least some people will argue against that. Um, where do you see LeBron and the Lakers finishing in the West this year? Top four. Yeah. Top four. And I think also that people are, are sleeping on the Denver Nuggets. I think when you look at when you look at uh, LeBron and the Lakers, um, obviously Golden State is there for obvious reasons, and uh, Houston is there. Houston. Um, it, you know, they were game seven away from uh, making it to the NBA Finals, but, you know, they didn't win. Like you said, scoreboard. The scoreboard didn't say they won. Right. They didn't go to the and, Finals. And, 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 and that mean to interrupt you. I do mean to interrupt you. Okay. You, <laughs> the, you the boss. <laughs> but, but, you know, when you talk about Houston – and you said, that, you know, when, when Chris Paul got hurt, got hurt. And I was asking somebody, I think the, the, we had the, some students up here. Some, some stars do not get hurt. <laughs> right. I mean, at the key moment. Right. Some people do. And if you look at the hit, Russell, all right. the great folks, Kareem. All, right. Some people, some of do not get hurt. Mm-hmm. Or if they get hurt, they don't get hurt. At the critical right. moment. And they we hold that against the people I, I, who do. Yeah, and I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's just like you said, fate. Or if you're like Ali or whatever, Ali, or if you do get hurt, you are so great that everybody's well, Isaiah got hurt, still, he still, still did, did his it. thing. Hobbling. 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 So, 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 no, I mean, you get hurt. Chris Paul got hurt. But that may be as close as they ever get. That may be as close as he gets. Especially because they got rid of Trevor Ariza. You right. know, they, they traded him. They, they traded Luke, uh, Rashard Bamute. Uh, Ryan Anderson is gone, but you did add Carmelo Anthony. Well, well, I think that because uh, we want to get Carmelo. <laughs> <laughs> Carmelo, if you listening, yeah, I'm, it's all good. It's all good. But no, I, I think when you look at the Houston Rockets, they added some scorers. They added, you know, Brandon Knight. We haven't heard from him since uh, he got dunked on years ago mm. uh, <laughs> by DeAndre Jordan. But um, no, I, I think that Houston, until otherwise, they can compete. You know, but then. 
You know, I think people think the Lakers can't do some things. I'm actually impressed with the Lakers. I like uh, Kyle Kuzma. I think that right. defensively he's going to help them a lot. Well, you're saying top four, so you're giving like three three top teams. Top four, that's pretty high. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think I, I don't think they'll be higher than four. I can see them even a five. I mean, the West, between the thir- third and eighth spot in the West last year, it was only like a game or two separ- yeah. separation. Yeah. So that means also that you're playing all these you're not you you can't get fat on the East anymore. So, yeah, no. so, so oh I see what you said. So when you say four, you're talking about Golden State. Houston. 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 Who else? Uh, San Antonio, are they gonna be? What are they gonna be? I can't sleep on San Antonio, but I don't see them in the top four. I see them top seven. But you're saying Denver top. You eight. like Denver top? I like Denver that high? I like Denver. I like. But Utah was like a four or five last year. Did, Donovan I, Mitchell's I, gonna I, be better. Well, you know what? And I agree with you with the, with that. I think Donovan Mitchell to me, and I've said this many a times. Donovan Mitchell is the modern day Dwayne Wade, a guy I agree. that was over that was slept on. I agree. I look at Damian Lillard in the same category. Just I think when you look at Portland right now, they're a team that has grown together. They're a bunch of guys that know each other. But sometimes uh, maybe the green, the passes are green elsewhere. That was a terrible and they series need big, for them. Last and they need, year. they need, mm-hmm. they have, they're they're dominated by guards. They need big men to step up. Yeah, maybe the kid, uh, was it Nurkic? Yeah, Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah, Nurkic. If if he steps up, he looks good in the preseason. He what def- about what about Oklahoma City? I like Oklahoma City, but I think that um, right now the chemistry they're still going to have to grow. They're like a brand new team because they don't have Melo, and they've got to find a way to pat Paul George and. Russell Blinton blend in together. I think they're they're definitely in the conversation of a top eight, but mm. I, I think they could have done a little more to upgrade. I, I I don't know. There's just something about OKC. People sleep on them, but they still find a way. They like the roach that won't die. Well, Westbrook's going to bring it right every yeah, game. But you know what though? I I mean, I, listen. I, I you know I was yeah, as a journalist. I don't think they will ever win with Westbrook as the total force on that team. I, I just, you know, I mean. That's fair, I think. He's such a great individual talent. We said the same thing uh, when, when, with that, but also we said the same thing when he and KD played together. I always felt that if they separated, they would do something. KD got a ring, you know, with a team. And I think that. Well, he went to a great team. He did. Well, but, you know, but, you know see, I, yes, he did. But I think that KD has a degree of selflessness. He does. That, that um, That's true. Westbrook does not have. I, I mean, he is a superstar, but his mentality is more like LeBron's in that it's a selflessness. And right. I guess Westbrook is driven in a different way. And he kind of reminds me of Allen Iverson. Right. He does. And, and you see how Allen Iverson was able to succeed. You know, Larry Brown came in there and made him the absolute focus of the team. Starting two guard. And, yeah, pushed him to two. Had like, you know, Eric, uh, Snow. Eric Snow was, you know, just like a, talk about a game key. manager. Right. You know? Here, I'll play defense. You you basically a guy like Westbrook, Iverson. I don't, I don't think Westbrook is as good as Iverson, but you basically have to center the whole team around that guy, and everybody else has to be a role player. Yeah. I mean, he still, did, he still didn't win the championship, though. Correct. <laughs> because I think, again— They that, both appeared in the finals. They got there. They appeared. Yeah, yeah, but that's not what— uh, let me, Before we—two two things. Oh, go ahead. Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. oh, yes. Uh, <clears throat> your boy Jimmy Butler, what's he going to do? What's going to happen with Jimmy Butler? I mean, I spoke to a source yesterday uh, at the time of this uh, broadcast. What's it? Today is uh, Tuesday. Tuesday afternoon. I spoke to someone Monday uh, who said to me that Houston and Miami are still on the table. Um, It's really a power play. They said Tibbs is out of his mind. Uh, And I think the biggest thing is, number one, Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns cannot play together. It's done. That's done. Why why can't it be? You know, we've had teams before where guys didn't like each other. You know why. 
Why? I can't talk about it, but that's why. <laughs> what? Like give us a, a give triangle. A, give or us a hint. Give uh, us a hint. Does it have anything to do with the court? Personal stuff. No. Personal no. stuff. Personal stuff. I don't get into that. But what I will say is, but the, uh, he also had an issue with Wiggins. That's not it. Was well, what, Towns situation is worse than Wiggins. Yes, mm-hmm. and there are some other things involved. Number one, you look at Jimmy Butler, twenty nine years old. Wants to win. Went to the deep in the playoffs with Chicago, uh, and and wants to win on a team. You know, I've spoken to people that said that the Lakers were in the team of interest before LeBron got there. Obviously, that's not going to work at this point. Uh, heard the Clippers. If he were to get traded to the Clippers today, he'd resign. Um, mm-hmm. So th- there are a lot of players that are still in the game. Teams that aren't talked about: the Milwaukee Bucks and the LA Clippers are, are teams of interest. But mm-hmm. uh, spoke to a couple people. Cute. Some have said Houston and Miami are the are the, are the, are the front runners. Uh, and the conversation is just stalled. The other thing is, uh, Jimmy Butler did request a trade uh, during the season, I believe in April, right. and uh, Tips kind of ignored it. They have a relationship, pre-existing relationship. The other thing is. There's just certain things that Tibbs doesn't get when it gets into that personal stuff, and that personal stuff is that personal stuff, and uh, that has put a damper. So it's almost like what I say. He's probably old school, thinks you know guys don't really have to get along to play together, but but I guess in today's day and age they do. Well, yes. in, that, in that situation, <laughs> yes. in that situation, if it's so deeply personal, mm-hmm. it, it can't because you know, we've all seen a lot of great teams where, like even Shaq and Kobe. You know where right. we'll, we'll go, we'll go play, and we're not gonna go out to dinner, that kind of. But when it's so personal that the division, that the yeah. locker room, Shaq is and divided. Kobe wasn't that personal. Yeah, <laughs> no, it wasn't. And, and I frankly, I think, I think Kobe was basically saying, "Man, you got to get in shape." Yeah. You yeah. know, and that's not personal. I said, "Man, you got to get in shape." Shaq played his way into shape. Yeah, and he said, "No, I, I'm not." Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if Houston pulls that, Jimmy, if Houston were to pull off Jimmy Butler. They then they become a real I, threat. I, I think. think Houston will never. I think that they, not never, but I think in this with this group, mm-hmm. I think that's it. You know, we've seen this time and time again, man. You get that close to something, you gotta, you gotta and they say, "Well, we got that close this year, so next year." Say, uh-uh. That may have been your shot. Let me ask you this: uh, We didn't mention Kawhi Leonard. Um, what do you think about that situation? What do you think about him in, in Toronto? I think he in Toronto was the intriguing factor. Everybody in, in the Eastern Conference or people who pay attention to the Eastern Conference talk about the Boston Celtics, a team that has a healthy Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward and an established in his first season, Jason Tatum, um, and as well as Philadelphia. But I think Toronto was kind of the, the dark horse because LeBron left the East. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, so now you leave. <laughs> and Jonas Valanciunas could take, can give, go for layups without LeBron chasing him down. <laughs> right, um, right. I, I think that, you know, as far as Kawhi coming, in my opinion, uh, he's the best two-way player in the league. He's everything that Richard Jefferson was not. And uh, or, or, or hope to be, uh, uh, and I think that when you look at uh, what Kawhi Leonard brings to that team, he brings a focused demeanor, he brings a, a championship pedigree. Um, I think that number one, that trade works well for both teams. I think Demar Derozan and, you, mm-hmm. and, yeah, and San Antonio is going to be great. Right, if he like and Pop that. get along, mm-hmm. and I think on the on, excuse me on the Toronto side, I think Kawhi Leonard is 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 is, is going to be good. I also think that when you look at what what uh, Toronto also got, they got Danny Green. I think Danny Green yeah, is an upgrade. Yeah, and Absolutely. I spoke to a couple of. Uh, former NBA assistant coaches, and, and they were talking uh, in the spring just how much Nick Nurse comes highly recommended. You know, certain certain assistant coaches work their way up the ranks, you know, whether it be, you know, Brendan Malone or Ty Lue on their way up. And, you know, Nick Nurse is a guy who, who was really the text winner to uh, the Toronto Raptors' uh, offense uh, for, for Dwayne Casey before he was fired. And so you, you keep it in-house. I mean, they passed up uh, Nick Nurse for, for Jerry Stackhouse, who coached their G League team to, to two championships. So there must be something special about him. 
that they wanted to retain him. Mm-hmm. And so I think coaching, I think LeBron being gone, I think Danny Green being hungry, and uh, the, the intrigue of what Kawhi Leonard does. Listen, I think Kawhi Leonard and, and, and DeMarcus Cousins are in similar situations Ooh, and with cousins. their teams. They, they, got sh- they have to show and prove their names, but they got to show and prove this season. Do you, do you think uh, any chance he stays in Toronto after, after this year? Uh, the two teams that I have uh, are uh, the Toronto or the Brooklyn Nets. For Kawhi, uh, yeah, I do. So you don't see the the whole L.A. thing? He has to be back home. I think you saw in the off season uh, what happened with with Paul George. You know, I, when when I was reporting about LeBron and the Lakers and the Space Jam trailer that was supposed to actually be released, and it, it switched because of my reporting. By the way, um, Paul George had committed verbally to go with LeBron, and he couldn't stand that pressure. Some people don't yeah, like that pressure, right. those bright lights. And LeBron has a lot of bright lights. You know, when you're playing for the Lakers, it's the Beatles and the Chicago, the 90 Chicago Bulls in one. whole bunch of pressure. you got to win. you got to win. win or, or nothing. You know, so I, I think when you look <clears> in a situation, everybody talks about Kawhi Leonard's uh, uncle who manages him living in South Orange, New Jersey, and, you know, the locality there. He can go back to the old Spurs colorways if he if with his Jordans with black and white like the Brooklyn Nets. But so you calling that? You calling you calling uh, the Nets? I'd say it's possible. I say mm-hmm. you look Nets. at you look at yeah because they have me. because they have two max spots next year. You know, Gee, it's still the Nets. Right? It's the Nets, but it's still but the maybe, year. maybe he turns it around. Yeah, um, comes the Nets. The Knicks. Is there any hope? I think there's hope. I just think that they're growing. I think that when you, I think that the Nets are the better team in New York right now. I think, but I'm, I'm pulling for David Fisdale. Yeah, uh, right. I, but I think the other thing and is Scott Perry. Oh, of course, and Steve Mills. and Steve Mills. But mm-hmm. I, I think when you look at the Knicks and, and Perzingis, his health that's a big thing. Right. I think certain young guys are going to benefit. I think Kevin Knox is the real deal. You know, Kevin Knox is good. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're we'll saying it, we'll. we'll <laughs> it, it, no, he, I love yeah. Kevin Knox, but he's had a rough preseason, if and that may mean nothing, right? He may come no. out the first game and, and be a. But you know, how often have we seen this stuff? And it's not until February or, or March right. that somebody finally kind of start, the young players finally kind of start figuring nope. stuff out. Yeah, that's usually how. I like goes. Frank Nealakina. Mm-hmm. I think I think he won the starting job mm-hmm. even last night. I was watching the Knicks mm-hmm. preseason game. Started to hit some shots. The other guys didn't separate themselves in terms of uh, Moutier and uh, and Burke. So I think Neil, yeah. you got to give it to Neil Akina. Neil Akina, 19, mm-hmm. 20 years old, mm-hmm. um, a French guy. Right. Uh, you talking about French? You're looking at. Uh, Tony Parker, you, you're looking. I mean, France has a, has, a, has somewhat of a track record of being mm-hmm. successful in the NBA. And they won the World Cup. Yeah, there you go. And then before before we let you get out of here, uh oh, the 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 big thing. I want to let's let's go to next year. Next year, we're gonna take you to, to what is it, 2019. 19. And uh, one of the big stories that you, one of the big scoops that you had was uh, you said that you had a source telling you that KD will be a mm-hmm. Laker and join LeBron next year. Wow, do you believe that? It's possible, uh, highly possible. Uh, the source who, who shared that information with me uh, has been the forefront of told me basically about the Jimmy Butler and uh, the Houston Rockets thing uh, days before it became a popular belief. He also was the same source who shared with me uh, that KD was pr- producing and running a TV show on ESPN Plus and LeBron would be the special guest. Um, so 
KD did, and it was announced that he had that show, and Houston has been in the running. And so, you know, being a young journalist, one of the things I'm finding is people are still trying to, trying to get used to me. I'm glad you guys brought me on mm-hmm. uh, as it relates to KD. Uh, that sort of pretty much said to me that, you know, that that is being talked about, just like Anthony Davis. Uh, it's possible that Boston or L.A. could happen as well. Mm-hmm. When you really look at two years and one to two years down the line, I do think that there is going to be another Boston and Los Angeles Lakers rivalry uh, in, the, in the NBA Finals. It's great. It's the gift that keeps on giving for the NBA. And uh, when you look at Kevin Durant, you mentioned LeBron James and following that trajectory. I go back a little further. The trajectory that Shaq had when he left Orlando and went to to Los Angeles and creating his destiny, finding L.A., this is nothing new. LeBron Mm -hmm. did it with Miami. Kevin Durant has done it with Golden State. But at some point, the Warriors are going to get exposed, you know, in the sense of they're going to get older. They're, they're, they're going to, you know, other guys are wanna, want, may want to shine somewhere else. Draymond might leave. Exactly. And so you prepare your exit. And so you look at Kevin Durant and the possibility of LeBron and, you know, also what's already on the, on the table. You have a Kuzma. You have a Lonzo Ball. You have yeah. all these other pieces. It's, it's, it's a plausible that, argument. We know they've, they've been close. LeBron and, hmm? and Durant have been close for years. Closer than people realize. They may be competitors, but they're close. For some years, you felt as though Kevin Durant wasn't going to be the next LeBron. People thought he was going to be the next LeBron. A couple injuries, being in OKC and got lost in the fog. Comes to Golden State, wins some championships, creates some validity. Okay, so what's next? How, how old is he? How old is... Uh, he just turned 30. Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing about L.A. is that, unlike... You know, it's just inevitable that their franchise is going to be great again. Mm-hmm. Because whether you look at um, Mikan to mm-hmm. Wilton West and Baylor to um, Kareem uh, to, to Cope. I mean, it's just... The certain, certain franchises have... It is historic to sort of date with... It's like the Yankees. History. Like the Yankees, you know it's just a matter of time before the cycle comes back. And, and now we're talking about Durant in L.A. I, I just keep going back to his mentality. You know, a guy like that, he's a Libra. A guy like <laughs> oh, now he rolls are you, his eyes. Are you a Libra, hey, too? Hey, hey, no, no, I'm not. See, I just follow the truth where it leads. See, see, I don't, see, y'all didn't see it. Brandon just rolled his, he just rolled his fucking eyes. You should see that. He just rolled his eyes big time. Like, what is this Negro? I just like, all respect for this guy. I'm astrology. And I, no, but anyway, but, I'm listening to Miss Cleo. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but I mean, but his, his, I like players like that. Who are great. I, I don't know if you saw this documentary with um, with uh, Durant. It, 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 he did the documentary is on Netflix, and it came out the year the year before the awful loss to the uh, to Golden State. But they had just missed out again. And his first words were when he got this thing, you know, was that you know I grew up all my life I was always second. In mm. high school I was the second best player. Uh, in college. I was like the second best player there, and that I said, you know what? Now it all makes sense. Why? And that, that he would still go back to o- Oklahoma City, and then suffer that devastating loss. But then it made it all make sense. He said, "He's out of here." He's saying right now that I'm tired of this, and then he didn't even know what was in store. Right. That you're about to have an even bigger heartbreak, you know. So I res- I respect Kevin, and his temperament is such that I think he'd go to L.A. He could coexist. You know, uh, and he'd be 30, what, 32 or 33? 31, 32, like yeah. yeah. Hey, listen, Brett, my last question for you, and I think of the show, is NFL, the NFL, were you surprised that Eric Reed uh, got a job? And do you think that uh, Colin uh, will ever play again? I was surprised. In the NFL. I was surprised. 
that that he got a job, particularly just because it seems the NFL wants to distance themselves from that. Um, I was happy, though, because he was standing next to the man that was the man. Uh, I'm happy he got a job, but he, he also, at the same time, uh, stayed true to his roots and was supporting his guy. I think that's the thing in all this that gets lost in the translation. Is it about the flag or is it about, is it about police brutality? And I think that w- what people are kneeling and standing for it's a fad to a lot of people, right. and you have to really sit and be educated to understand what it's about. Whatever the line that you, that you're on, and I think that President Trump is, is pouring has poured gasoline on it because he's mad that he didn't own an NFL team. And I think that um, as it relates to Colin Kaepernick, I think that the grass is greener for bigger and better things, and you're seeing it monetarily through his "Just Do It" the 30 year anniversary campaign. And I think that activism uh, is, is a thing. I think, he, you know, people like Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, people uh, like Craig Hodges has paved the way for someone mainstream. Those guys weren't as mainstream as Kyle Kaepernick. You know, I like I picked him up on my fantasy team his rookie year when he was a backup. Hmm. You know, uh, yeah, he, he took him to the Super Bowl, but, you know, people will criticize the fact that he didn't win it or, you know, his, his interception rate or all those other things. But I think sometimes... Uh, the Lord puts you certain things uh, so that you can have a bigger message, and, and you have seasoning in, 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 your, in your in your in your in your in your recipe. And so, you don't think you should come back? Um, if you're doing it for money reasons, yeah. But if you're doing it to prove a point, mm, maybe not so much. Because then, if you come into a situation where a team wants to wants to sign you, they're going to be wanting all of these uh, these these regulations and things you can or can't do. You know, I think that this situation is more sticky than Michael Vick and dogs because mm-hmm. Michael Vick got a chance in, in Philadelphia who, who, who uh, has had quarterbacks uh, like McNabb, quarterbacks like Randall Cunningham, and they're accepting of players of that style. Um, it, it was of my belief that at some point maybe a Philly or, or, or a, another team like, like a Kansas City, and see, it's still an Andy Reid co- uh, connection there, but could bring him in. But I think his purpose is bigger than football. Yeah, I kind of agree. I, th- I don't even. Th- I don't think he should come back unless he gets guaranteed money, goes to a good team, a good situation, and doesn't have to play. <laughs> you know, because you can only diminish, like like you're saying. Basically, he can't. Like the calling he's on now mm-hmm. is so much greater. You, you know, you the, can't. You can't get any bigger than you are. Y- you wanted to be a quarterback in residence. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because the first time you go out there and throw five interceptions, right? You know, like. But anyway. Hey, listen, um, Brandon, thank you so much, man. This has been great. It's an honor, sir. It's been great. Uh, Guest has been the great Brandon Robinson. He's the host of Scoop B Radio. And tell people, clearly millions of people have found it, but if you want to tell people again, and and you also write for B-Ball Society, but if you want to find Scoop B Radio, where do you? You go to, first and foremost, follow me on Twitter at Scoop B, S-C-O-O-P, letter B. And uh, I'm tweeting stuff all the time, just, you know, predictions and things of that sort, my articles, my podcasts. But you can subscribe to Scoop B Radio uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn App, Stitcher App, or simply visit ScoopBRadio.com. We got to get you guys on the podcast as well. Oh, absolutely. It goes Kidding? both ways. Yeah, absolutely. We'll take those followers. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. And, uh, it has been a pleasure, man. This is really, really great. So it's been a lot of fun. Very eye-opening, too. Listen, man, we, we're so connected through Morgan State. You're an alum. My mother went there. My biological father went there. My uncles. And I think uh, you, we probably have – our families have crossed paths somehow, some way. Some way. They, they decades earlier. But yeah. you know, once a bear, always a bear. Of course. Hey, hey, Brad, thanks about And also, was this – uh, the carrot thing, that I did. I Joseph know. Carrot. Joseph Carrot. Follow that on Instagram. Off, off, off air, you got maybe we could all get them as a uh, <laughs> as a sponsor. Joseph Carrot. Hey, Brandon, thank you so much, man. This has been great. An honor. Thanks thank a you a lot. Yes, sir. Uh, Jamal, 
that's it. Yeah, another good episode. Great episode. Hopefully, hopefully next week. Yes. Maybe. Maybe we'll both be in the studio at the same time. That'd be great. All right. Hey, everybody. Have a great week. God bless. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.